0: We're just about to have our Bible reading, but before we do, I just wanted to introduce this little sermon series that we're gonna be having uh, in January. And I've called it An Anchor in the Storm because it does feel like we're going through a storm, doesn't it? It feels like we're little boats on the surface of the water in a huge storm. It feels like we're being buffeted around, like, uh, uh, like there is constant change and that we aren't in control. In fact, we feel completely out of control. We have no idea what the future holds. We don't even know what tomorrow holds. How's that make you feel? Well, it can make you feel fearful. It can make you feel anxious. It can make you despair. And maybe it just makes you feel very low. And maybe those, some of those things are the way that you're heading into 2021. And where do we look? Well, we're being encouraged to look towards the vaccine as being the great hope. But actually, the Bible holds out something that is far greater. uh, An anchor which is far stronger, more certain. And therefore, in this series, we're going to look at a few passages in the Bible which help us to hold on to the Lord our God as our anchor. We're looking at the verse for the year today, next week. We are going to see the disciples in a storm. The following week, we're going to think about suffering and faith. And the week after that, we're going to think about praying our fears. And all of this with the aim of helping us to grow stronger at holding on to the Lord our God through the storms of life. And so this series, An Anchor in the Storm, we're going to start off with the verse for the year. And so we're going to have the passage that that verse is in. And Joan Mayhew is going to read that for us.
1: Today's reading is Romans chapter eight, verses 31 to 39. Please follow along in your Bibles at home or at church. Romans eight, beginning at verse 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son gave him up for us all how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen it is God who justifies who then is the one who condemns no one Christ Jesus who died more than that who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Well, let's pray together as we come to God's word. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for your word, which is breathed out by you. And we pray, please, that your spirit would teach us as we look at your word, that the truths we read wouldn't just go into our heads, but into our hearts and change the way we live. Amen. We're going to focus in on verses 38 and 39. I thought it was important, though, that we have the the reading from earlier on so that you can see the context, and we will refer to that later on. But we're going to focus in on verses 38 and 39, and clearly these verses are all about God's love and that Paul is saying we are inseparable from God's love. Maybe you're familiar with teaching about God's love. Maybe you've heard about God's love for years, maybe since you were a child in, uh, in Sunday school, you've heard about God's love over and over again. And you've sung about God's love. We sang about it earlier in How Deep the Father's Love for Us. Maybe you sang it with conviction just now. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure. But what does it take to shake your confidence in God's love? Actually, it can take relatively little, can't it? If we're honest. I mean, I know it can for me. Uh, what does it take on a Monday morning for you to start to doubt that God loves you? Well, sometimes it can be a bit pathetic, can't it, actually? That you wake up late and you have to rush around and then you lose your car keys. And then you find that there are pressures in your work. Uh, and then, oh, something else goes wrong. Uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, your washing machine breaks down. And, and you, you just have a series of events where you go, uh, you know, one thing after another. And you get to a point where you just think to yourself, God, if you love me, Would these things really be happening? And maybe, of course, it can be big things that happen in our lives, major changes. Don't they knock us? Aren't there times where you doubt God's love? You've heard it so many times before, you've sung it with conviction. But on a Monday morning, actually, we can doubt, can't we? Which shows that we don't really know this truth as well as we should and we've got a choice at those times are we going to listen to ourselves and our doubts or are we going to trust god's word and specifically romans 8:38 and 39 paul starts this verse with for i am convinced now that's quite something Paul is saying, here is something that is rock solid. Here is an anchor that is firm, that is sure, that is strong. I am convinced of this. What's he convinced of? That nothing can separate him from God's love. Or any other Christian. And we do need to see here that this isn't... Uh, This isn't a love which is just God's general love for creation. And we are reassured of that in the Old Testament. In the book of Psalms, Psalm 145 talks about God's love for all that he has made. But that's not this love. This love is... Uh, A love that God has for Christians. That's what the context tells us. It's, It's talking about those for whom Christ died. You see that in verse 32. It's those for whom Christ intercedes. Or earlier in the chapter, it's those who've got the Holy Spirit. In other words, this is Christians. Those who've got faith. This love is the love that God has for those people. Now, that is a love which is available to any. To any who will put their trust in Christ. But it is important to see that if that's not you, if you're not a Christian, then these truths, these truths in verse 38 and 39, are not not actually true for you. But if you do, if you're a Christian, this truth is so important that we hold on to it, that nothing can separate you from God's love. And so we're going to think about these verses in two parts. The first is the contenders. So Paul lines up the contenders. It's like he's saying, look, here's a list of things which maybe could challenge to see whether they can separate you from God's love, but none of them succeed. And so he starts with death. Now that's a pretty big contender, isn't it? Quite a strong contender because we fear death, don't we? Uh, And we think, well, maybe death, maybe that could be something that could get between you and God's love. Uh, And when you hear of someone who is dying, do you wonder, well, maybe that shows that God's love has turned away somehow. But that's not the case. Paul's saying death doesn't come between us and God. I mean, before death, as someone is dying, as they die, and then after they die, Paul is saying there is no break in God's love. The beam of God's love is on that person. If they're a Christian, the beam of God's love is constant. There is no flickering, no dimming. His love isn't turned away at all. God's love is utterly constant. Death does not get between us and God's love. Now uh, that should mean that we as Christians, we, we don't need to fear death. The world does, doesn't it? That's why we're in lockdown, why there are so many restrictions, because the world is terrified of death and of dying. And yes, we should obey what the government tells us to do, but don't buy into the fear. Death cannot get between a Christian and God's love. Second contender is life. Uh, So uh, he says, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life by which Paul means, well, presumably all the events of life, all the calamities of life, the ups and particularly the downs. And there can be a lot of downs, can't there? Illnesses, viruses, job losses, uh, mental illness, uh, all kinds of trials that we might go through. And Paul is saying all of life, all of the calamities, all of the events, none of them can get between you and God's love if you're a Christian. And none of them, therefore, are indicators that God loves you any less. None of them. What does he come to next? Well, we're going to take them in pairs from now on. Uh, It says, neither angels nor demons. Now, demons is not a great translation there. It should really be rulers. That's what it says. In other words, we're dealing here with all the sort of cosmic superhuman agencies, all the big powers that you might think of. This is powers in the spiritual realm, things that are far more powerful than us. And Paul is saying none of them can get between a Christian and God's love. They are just not powerful enough. Maybe you've said in the past when you're going through particular sufferings, you've said, well, maybe this is the devil doing this to me, causing me to suffer. Now we do need to be careful here because the devil is real and he is powerful and he does attack the church and he can cause temptations and sufferings but we need to remember his power is limited and even when he causes sufferings and problems it is all under God's sovereignty and therefore God works good for his people even through what the devil will do. So the devil cannot get in the way Of God's love for you. No spiritual power can. What's next? Neither the present nor the future. Well, clearly we're dealing with time here, isn't it? Paul is saying nothing now, nothing that can happen to you now, and nothing that will happen in the future can get between a Christian and God's love. We can feel very uncertain about the future, can't we? We, we don't know. We're, we can't f- feel that we can plan things even for the coming year. Everything is up in the air. But there is one certainty. You could turn to any page in your diary for 2021. You, know, you could go further ahead than that. 2022, 2032, 2052, 2072, you could go to the year 3000, you could go way beyond, and you could say, yes, every single day, every moment in that time, as it stretches on for the future forever, God's love for you will be constant. There will be nothing in the future that can get between a Christian and God's love. What's next? nor any power this is kind of the forces of the universe it's like paul is saying if you can imagine the the biggest forces that there could possibly be they are not powerful enough to get between a christian and god's love the next things neither height nor depth if we've dealt with time now we're dealing with space you cannot get to the highest point or the lowest depth that means that you can get away from god's love for a Christian. The heights and the depths cannot separate you from God's love. And then the last is a catch-all, uh, nor anything else in all creation, or better translation, nor any created thing. Now we need to remember, don't we, that there are two categories of people, of thing in the universe. Uh, there is what's created, and then there's the creator. And uh, well, the creator, well that's God. And then Everything else has been created. And so Paul is saying, no other created thing. In other words, nothing at all can get between you and God. So, those are the contenders. And none of them are powerful enough, big enough to get between a Christian and God's love. So Christian. Nothing separates you from God's love. And therefore, nothing that happens can mean God loves you any less. No sickness, no redundancy, no rejection, no depression, health problems, cancer, struggles for you, struggles for your family. Even if we end up in hospital this year, even if we die, none of them separate a Christian from God's love. The beam of God's love is an absolute constant no flickering no dimming god loves his people why is paul so confident of this well for that we need to turn to our second point which is god's love you see we need to make sure that we read through right to the end of the verses don't we it says verse 39 neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that ending is really important. It doesn't just end with with the love of God, but it's the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And to understand that, we need to know what Paul has already been saying in the book of Romans. Because that is quite a loaded term. What is the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord? Well, chapters 1 to 3 of the book of Romans have explained that all of mankind has rejected God, has rebelled against God, and therefore deserves God's wrath, God's anger. But God doesn't leave us in that situation, facing his wrath, but sends Jesus. And in chapter 5, verse 8, uh, Paul says this, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that is the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That Jesus came and died for us. And Romans chapter 5 really makes an emphasis on the fact that he, he came and died while we were still sinners, while we were God's enemies. And it says people don't do that. People don't Love other people and sacrifice for other people who are their enemies. Maybe for their friends, but not for their enemies. But God does. Jesus came and died for those who are sinners. And that is the love of God in Christ Jesus. Now why is that love, expressed in that way, indestructible? Why is it that no one can separate us from that love? Well, because that love deals with the one thing that could separate us from God's love. What separates us from God's love? Well, it's our rebellion against God. It's our sin. It's our wrongdoing. But Jesus, when he came and died, died for sin, to deal with our sin, to be the atoning sacrifice for our sin, as Paul puts it earlier in Romans. And so if he has dealt with sin, that is the barrier gone, isn't it? And so we see, beginning of chapter 8, it says this, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you've trusted in Christ, God's wrath is dealt with. The condemnation is gone. And also, Paul says, not just that the one barrier that could get in the way of you between you and God's love is dealt with, but also this shows the depths of God's love. So he dwells on this. In in chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, he says, What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, and we know he is, who can be against us? Well, no one. It says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? In other words, if if Jesus came and died for us, if God gave his only son to die for you and me, then he wouldn't spare anything for us. There's nothing he wouldn't give for us. Now that's staggering, isn't it? If you're a Christian, there is nothing God wouldn't do for you. There's nothing he wouldn't give. He's already given the most precious thing he's got for you. And this is why Paul says he has such confidence It's because of the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so Paul's saying, look, where are you going to look to know whether God loves you or not? Don't look at your circumstances. Don't look at your bank balance. Don't look at your medical records. Look at the cross. Look at the cross of Jesus. That is where we see the depths of God's love for us. That's where we see the only barrier dealt with And so what difference will this make? Well, we need to keep dwelling on God's love, don't we? Keep understanding it better. Because we don't know it as well as we should. We keep listening to the lies, don't we? We keep listening to ourselves when we think, "Ah, maybe God doesn't love me that much. No, here is the anchor for your soul. It can transform you and me. For those who will come to Jesus and trust in him, there is absolute assurance that God's love for you will never fail and nothing can get in the way of it. And so you can have confidence as you look at the year ahead. Whoever you are, if you'll come to Jesus... If you'll put your trust in him, you can have confidence as you look to the year ahead. If you're already a Christian, you can look with confidence to the year ahead, can't you? we, We don't know what it'll hold in lots of ways. We don't know what joys or sorrows. It may be a hard year. But the beam of God's love for you in Christ Jesus will never, ever diminish. And even the difficulties are in some way... An expression of God's love for you. How? Well, we're going to think about that more next week and the following week. But the assurance is this. Today, this week, this year, you will not experience anything other than the love of God in Christ Jesus. I'm going to finish for us with with a, a couple of lines from a hymn which kind of expressed the way maybe that we should be looking at this year in the light of these verses. A couple of lines from the hymn, God Moves in a Mysterious Way, I think I've quoted them for you before. They say this, Ye fearful saints fresh courage take, The clouds ye so much dread, Are big with mercy, And will break with blessings on your head. Well, will you trust that? If you're not yet a Christian, will you come to Jesus and put your trust in him? And if you are a Christian, will you look at this year in the light of these verses? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we praise you for your great love expressed in the Lord Jesus, poured out as he died for us on the cross to deal with sin And Father, we pray for those who aren't yet believers that they would put their trust in Jesus and come to know this great love. And for those of us who are, Father, please would this truth of your love sink more deeply into our hearts and change the way we think and the way we live. Amen.